If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. I'm such a creature of habit. Good morning. And... um, it used to be that when we first started doing um, these shows from home that uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but we were washing our hands so much that my hands got so dry. It was like they were going to crack and fall off my body. And it was this thing where I said, every time we start the show, I'm going to remember to put on this is not a commercial for this lotion. I'm not even going to show you the logo on it, but it's a it's a really natural one. But that I would put on some hand lotion. But we used to have a minute long opener. So I went to put on hand lotion and realized, oh, my goodness, I have greasy hands and it's starting. But I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Thank you for being here with us. I am Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live, uh, still still from home, still socially distanced, but thrilled to be able to be here. We're live right now, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about 16 other sites. We hope that you will participate. I, yesterday, my chat went, um, but uh, Sujan, I can see you uh, this morning and so great to have you here. Like Sujan, I hope I'm saying that correct. Uh, please feel free to write into the comments and tell us where you're watching from. Uh, ask any pertinent questions. We love to have you here. We want to know your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your concerns. Uh, This is a safe space in which we can have discussions and nothing's off the table, right? Uh, We welcome all of you. Uh, And and I, I, I want to say that our mission here is to provide information and inspiration to that larger autism community. That, of course, starts with individuals within uh, who are on the spectrum, who have that diagnosis, right? Um, of course, it starts with them. But we also include in that um, environment and in that community, everyone who loves them. Because that is uh, a group of people that I'm, I'm part of. Uh, I, I have many people on the autism spectrum that I love, that are my family members and my friends and my colleagues. And I think that for those of us who love individuals on the spectrum, we understand the duh, the of course, of these folks have rights. I mean, it's a duh, right? But but when it comes into question, boy, those are some fighting words. If you say that they don't have rights, excuse me, of course they do. Um, they have the right to, you know, be able to have employment. They have the right to be able to live and be productive and work and love who they love, uh, all of those things. So, and many, many more, right? That's an of course, but often in our world, we run into obstacles to that where people were, you know, look, we... I will be the first person to admit that there are times when I go, oh, I didn't see that. 
I didn't get that. I didn't see how that was me being ableist and, and, and we never want to be, you know, discluding someone uh, on the spectrum or any other special need for that matter. Right. Uh, I think intentions are good, but sometimes we have to delve a little bit deeper. So here on the show, we set that as the ground rules that we want to help those individuals to be who they want to be and who they can be. And let's remove as many obstacles as we possibly can uh, while listening and loving them. Yeah. Uh, So Sujan is watching from Bangladesh. How exciting and exotic. We're here in sunny uh, Southern California and it's not sunny. It's very cold and damp. And, you know, that sets all of us into this weird mode uh, here in California. This is when people pull out those big, huge boots uh, (laughs) that normally you would only see from a Sherpa trekking up a mountain. And in Los Angeles, it gets a little bit cold. It dips below 74 degrees and we all act like the sky is falling. Uh, So (laughs) that's our exotic thing for today is that there's a nip in the air. Uh, and we have no insulation anywhere in Los Angeles that, that doesn't exist. So, so it feels cold, goes right through you. Uh, what's it like in Bangladesh? Are you having good weather? Is it warm this time of year or is it cold and damp like it is here? Uh, let's, let's all go to Bangladesh. Doesn't that sound like fun? So, so glad that you're here, Sushan. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. And for the rest of you, if you have any questions, feel free to write in. We welcome you here. And like I said, no subject is off the table. We got a lot of things that we're going to discuss in particular. I do like to start out the show by reminding you that we have experts that are here on the show. And, you know, um, I I just like to remind you that I'm not an expert in autism. Uh, That is just not, does not follow my credentials. I am a, a mom of an individual who was diagnosed with autism. And it is very much at the forefront of what I want to do is to be able to be an ally. Uh, to our special needs community and help them to be able to achieve the things that they want to believe that, that, that they want to achieve, not believe uh, the things they believe too. Uh, It's winter in Bangladesh, but not so cold like ours. Uh, I understand completely. Uh, So glad to hear that. So um, here's the thing um, that we, I'm not an expert uh, in autism, but I, I, I like to say that I have an informed opinion I've been hosting shows about autism in a journalistic format for, I don't know, it's well over 10 years now. Uh, And asking people questions, asking the people on the pulse of things, the people who are the experts, asking them questions. So I like to say I have an informed opinion. That means nothing to you unless you're interested in my opinion. If you want my opinion of something, that's great. But I'll make sure to remind you what I'm an expert of and not. Now, one of the things that we've been talking about in the month of December are toys, Toys for uh, individuals who are on the spectrum, toys for individuals who have special needs. Now, this is an area where I, I'm, uh, I, it's very hard for me to not claim some expertise because I, I think I've been doing this and curating this toy guide uh, longer than anybody else has in this arena. So I'm going to claim some ability to know a little bit about what I'm talking about in that area. See how I just don't want to call myself an expert? Um, but I will claim some expertise in this area and we are going to talk more about the toy guide in a little while, but don't forget the toy guide is live. It's available to you right now. It's free. Isn't that a nice thing? It's totally free. And, and what it is, 
Uh, you can find it on Autism Network because now Autism Live is part of the Autism Network. So go to autismnetwork.com. There's a toy guide button and it has a drop down menu so that you can pick which age category you'd like to be in. I'm going to encourage you to look at all of the age categories, no matter what your age category is that you're looking for, because there are things that could be in multiple categories. Okay. Um, it is also still available at Autism excuse me, at autism-live.com. There's a toy guide at the top that you can also click. And with that one, what's fun is that it gives you more of a visual that you can choose between the different, I'm talking too fast, the, uh, the different age ranges. Now we categorize it by age ranges and that's a little bit imperfect. Let's say that. Um, but we wanted to give you a jumping off point. So I do think it's a good place to start. So you'll see that there's a baby toddler category. There's a preschool category, school age category, teens and tweens, adults. And then there is a caregiver category because we don't want to leave the caregivers out, right? So, you know, if you have an 11 year old, I would start with the tweens and teens. I know it's a little dicey, right? I would start with the tweens and teens, but then I would go back and I would look at the school aged and then I would go forward and look at the adults. And, and then I would just for, you know, giggles, uh, look at the baby toddler and the preschool. I would just look and ask yourself, you know, within each category, there's 16 award winners. So we've got basically everything covered. And if you already know what kind of toy you'd like, that'll be helpful for you. If you know, oh gosh, what we're really targeting right now is speech. We really want to work on speech. Then look at the speech winner, the speech builder winner in each category first. If you know oh, what we're really working on right now are social skills, look at the social skill builder. Uh, if your child seems to not be interested in anything, look at the top toy. If your child is bored a lot and you just are like, I don't know what to do with them when they're bored, look at the boredom buster, right? Um, so, you know, that it can help you. Now, uh, in the guide... It's separated by all those different things. We did some videos with Dr. Grand Pichet where we took a couple of videos from each one of the age categories and showcased them with her lovely adult children. Here on the show, what we're doing is showcasing them by award winner. So we've, we've talked about a lot of different things, but in a little while, we are going to be covering today our arts and crafts uh, winners and the ones that are motor play. So I think that'll be really exciting. And they, they go a little bit hand in hand. We'll talk about that why in just a second. Do want to remind you of a couple of different things. We told you you could be watching us live right now on, on those myriads of sites. We're also a podcast. In fact, we are the number one rated autism podcast worldwide, which is super exciting. And can I just be honest that that's all because of you guys, because you've liked, you've shared, you've reviewed, you've posted uh, your friend's name in the comments on the Facebook so that they can find it. Cause sometimes it's hard to find you. I don't know where it is. I couldn't find it. But if you put a friend's name in there, it tags them and then Facebook gives them a link and they can go right to it. Uh, <clears throat> oh, okay. Sujan wants to talk about attention and speech related toys. Well, some of, see, everything is interconnected, right? I would encourage you. We are going to cover the speech toys. I 
I don't, I think that's Monday, maybe. Um, we are going to go through all those speech builders, but you can find them right now in the toy guide, but we'll showcase them and talk about why each toy is in particular good. And if we've got time today, I'll, I'll point out a couple of them to you, but they're there. It's available to you uh, on the free guide and included in the guide is a little, it, it first, it gives you a description of what the toy is. It tells you what the winner, what award it won with a picture and then it tells you a little bit about the toy. And then it says what we have to say about it, why we particularly liked it. And then there's a link below it that you can press the link and it should go immediately to a site where you can purchase the toy. And by the way, we don't get any money on that. That is not, we're not taking kickbacks or anything. You know, we don't get any money from that. I'd like to figure that out so that we could, uh, but we don't. Um, so it's not about that. Just want to be clear about that yet. But as soon as we figure that out, we will start doing that. Because uh, why not, right? But um, but stay tuned because we'll talk about all those different things. And the toys that we're talking about today will work on attention. And we're going to talk about that. So that will be a particularly fun thing. Uh, all right. Uh, I feel like I left something out in all the Michigas, but... Um, we, before we get into the toy guide, we have some things that we want to cover our regular business, which is that we start with the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, Nani Nani are those experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with our kiddos? Honestly, doesn't it make you just want to just light your hair on fire sometimes when people just start talking in these acronyms and these jargon terms? Well, we have the opinion here that jargon is actually a good thing if you understand it, but if you don't, it's a foreign language, right? So we try to take on these jargon terms one at a time. We give you the word, the phrase, the acronym. We give you first the actual definition, which often we make fun of because it's not accessible and, and everybody needs a hobby. And then we give you a working definition where we try to give you an an idea, a place to start with what does this mean? And maybe an example of how it might be impacting your life. Uh, now be kind to yourself. If you don't understand it the first time, don't sweat it because it's one of those things that cumulatively, you, you know, sometimes you need to get the definition, get the example, then see it in real life then come back to the definition. And that's when the light bulb goes off. Be kind to yourself. Nobody understood this. Even the people who are the experts in it now didn't understand it the first time around. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just the other day, we had somebody on the, the chat with us who was saying that they recently got their RBT, their Registered Behavior Technician uh, designation, which we were so excited about. And they were saying that the jargon of the day helped them to know what these things were. So um, that's why we do this. We do this for everybody, whether you're wanting a career working with individuals with autism, you're wanting a career in the education field, or you are a caregiver of someone and is, and is like, I want to be able to help my my, my kiddo to be able to understand this, or you yourself are on the spectrum and you've been at meetings and people have said to you that your expressive language is not what it should be. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Right? So that's why we do it. Happy Wednesday, Yadira. So thrilled to have you here. So um, today's jargon term, cognitive skills. What a great 
thing to be talking about today. Because a lot of times this term gets thrown around and if we don't know what we're talking about, if we don't know what we're going for, then we've got an issue. So let's go ahead and let's peel off the Band-Aid and look at what our actual definition is. Skills that allow an individual to understand their own mental states and the mental states of others. And uh, and, and I would say that I think that it's a little bit, this is, this is a pretty watered down, uh, I'm actually surprised that this is our actual definition because I expected it to be much heavier, uh, much more weighted. This is pretty accessible, but there is a lot more that goes to this. And I'm saying hello to Amanda with her lovely blue hearts that I love so much. But let's take a look at what our working definition is and see uh, if we can't hone in a little bit more. Understanding concepts such as thoughts, desires, beliefs, and emotions, both in yourself and others. So what we're talking about here is the groundwork with cognitive skills. Cognitive skills are being able to think about things. And in order to be able to think about things, I have to understand the concept of I'm thinking. The world is out here, but I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is private to me. You cannot see the billboard that is in my head. And once I begin to understand that what's going on in my head is thinking, like sometimes we have kids who are like, I heard a voice in my head and we start to worry about, could this potentially be other things? We need, we need first to lay that groundwork that I'm thinking and that I want things. I can think something. I can want something. I can believe something, right? And I have emotions and I have needs. And as I'm beginning to understand that in my development, I can also begin to understand that other people also have these things. And what I have going on isn't necessarily what they have going on. Now, this is powerful. And as I said, this is the groundwork because eventually we're going to build upon that. And it's going to involve social skills and all these other things and executive functions are going to come into play. But I got to have that basis. And if you think about it, I can remember when my son was in kindergarten and um, every morning the kindergarten teacher would come out to the, excuse me, the kindergarten teacher would come out onto the playground. The kids would get to play on the playground and the fabulous kindergarten teacher. I was so lucky with the kindergarten teacher that he had uh, would come out onto the playground. The kids would know to line up, right? This became a behavior that they all learned. They would line up and she would give them all a side hug. And, and as she walked down the line, give them a side hug and she would talk to them about what the day was because everybody could hear her in line and she would be saying, oh, it's Tuesday. And does everybody know what we do on Tuesday? On Tuesday, we have music class, right? And I, and I would think to myself, oh my gosh, is there ever going to be a day when my son is able to work through all the things, sensory things and all the things going on around him to be able to understand the concept that today is Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I have music class. Like, is that ever going to be a thing? And I remember as she was going through the line, there was one little girl that, you know, was just that girl who's on top of it, this kindergarten, right? And she was like, oh, Mrs. DeCellis, it's not Tuesday today. Today is Wednesday. 
<laughs> you're all discombobulated. And the teacher was like, oh my goodness, I think you're right. It is Wednesday, isn't it? We didn't have music yesterday because, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But the fact that that little girl like had the calendar all in her head and knew what was coming and could, you know, she had a lot going on in her head. And um, I, I remember just drooling and going, is my son ever going to be able to do that? Will my son ever know that it's Tuesday? And that Tuesday is different than Wednesday and that Tuesday has all these things that are implied. And we did get there. My son is the person who corrects me all the time and says, mom, what are you talking about? It's not Tuesday today. Uh, or it is Tuesday. What are you talking about? Right. And, and followed, follows his college, you know, schedule and followed his high school schedule. He totally got there. Right. But, but a lot of times people will tell you that cognitive skills can't be worked on. Ooh, don't listen to that because that's a steaming pile of poo. It's just that some people don't know how to work on this. Yeah. And that the truth is, is that the folks in the autism community probably know more about this than most people. Right. And, and including most people working in the field of education. Let's be honest about that, because I don't think that there's a whole lot of people going in and teaching for instance, uh, third grade teachers, how do you work on cognition with the kids? They're hoping that it already came with the kid, right? Um, so it's really important for all of us to have an understanding that these skills can be worked on. They can grow, they can be developed. Um, but how we start it is with this um, beginning concepts of thoughts, desires, beliefs, emotions in ourselves and in other people. Um, and they're separate. And, and it might be that for a period of time, you're just going to work on desires. What do you like? We're doing preference assessments. Which color do you like? And then we do it with sister and say, well, which one does sister like? Do you notice sister always picks pink? And that that pulls some plasticity in the brain and goes, I like blue. Sister likes pink. And nobody's wrong. That's just a desire, Right. But here's the big one, understanding the difference between a belief and a fact, whoo, that affects everything, everything. If we could get adults on the planet to understand the difference between a belief and a fact, we'd be cooking with gas, right? So, um, and can I tell you that these lessons for our kiddos on the spectrum, super fun, um, that uh, I love how these things can be worked on. There was a period of time when they were working on false beliefs with my son and they would show him like a box of cereal. There was a lot of prep for this section, but they would show him a box of cereal and they go, what's in the box, right? And earlier we would work on this kind of thing and he, you know, could read the box and go, there's cereal in there, right? We worked on that. So now, you know, he knows that, but now we would work on false beliefs. So there's all these precursors. So show him the box and go, what's in the box? And he would say, well, it's, you know, Raisin Bran cereal. And they would go, okay, open the box. And he would open the box because it's closed. He can't see it. He would open the box and there'd be a stuffed toy in there. And he'd go, what? And they would say to him, so you, you thought that Raisin Bran cereal was in there. Why did you think that? And cognitively go through, well, there was evidence that every other time I've opened a box of uh, Raisin Bran cereal, it had Raisin Bran cereal in it, right? But does it mean it always? No. 
think of all the things that you're working on in when you're working on this, because it's allowing him to separate from here's what I see the evidence being, but that doesn't always mean that it's this. Oh my gosh. Because how many of you have had the circumstance where um, your kid misunderstood something that somebody else said, right? And you don't have the basis to discuss it and say, well, it seemed like when you tripped over their foot, it seemed like they were tripping you, but let's, let's look at the evidence and, and take that into consideration. But is there more to the story? You, you feel like you believe that they tripped you on purpose, but let, maybe that's a false belief let's delve further. What can we do? Can we ask them? Can we read their features? Can we see, do we think they're lying? Do we think they're lying, right? All of these things come into cognition. So a pretty fabulous set uh, of things to work on. But I love that we make it fun and that's going to go hand in hand with what we're going to talk about today. So let's hang on to that. That's cognitive skills. Moving on, we always have a question of the day for you. And our question today, what kind of a thinker are you? Are you somebody who likes to stew? Are you somebody who is quick to assume that other people are thinking what you're thinking? Are you somebody, like I look at Dr. Grand Pichet and she is always about uh, perspective taking, about thinking, okay, so she hears, when you guys talk to her and give her an example of what's going on with your kiddos, the first, and I love this about her, the first thing that she does is try to put herself in the position of the child to think, okay, what's what am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I hearing? What do I want? Uh, what's going on for me so that she can begin to understand where they're coming from, right? She does that better than anybody else I know. And, uh, but, you know, are you somebody who, uh, you know, there's a whole book about women who overthink things. I don't know what the title of it is, but are you somebody who overthinks things? Or are you somebody who the distance from between thought and and speech is instantaneous that you, you just open your mouth and your brains fall out. Uh, you know, what kind of a thinker are you? So something to think about, right? Uh, how do you process and how do you do things? You know, we were talking with Kamina Ballard Dawkins the other day because she has a book coming out from Hay House and Louise Hay always used to say that what you're thinking is how you experience the world. And that what you think becomes what you say becomes what you do. And the entire thing is your experience of the world. And if you don't like your world, then change how you're thinking. Woo, heady stuff. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at what our topic for the week is. Our topic this week, super duper important, uh, this week and, and all weeks, Dun, da, da, da. There it is. Uh, it's the 5,000 hour expert because I'm imagining that you want to be an expert in something. It might be that you want to be an expert parent. It might be that you want to be expert at making your child feel loved. It could be that you want to be an expert in autism. It could be that you want to be an expert piano teacher. I don't know. We all have our hopes, dreams, and wishes, right? But this concept, which I think is a really good guideline, we're not going to put it in stone. We're not going to, you know, uh, write it everywhere and say, this is the only thing. But I think it's a pretty cool concept that if we invest 5,000 hours in something and we do it mindfully and productively, that we can only be better at what we do. 
And for me as a parent, um, you know, I, I want to be the best possible parent. Now, now I have parented way more than 5,000 hours, but every single day my child changes. So today I want to be the best possible parent to a college freshman. And uh, that's vastly different than being the best possible parent to a high school senior. So I'm having to put in the time and catch up and catch up and catch up. Uh, I I love that uh, Throat Punch says people that don't know how to communicate think that everything is an argument. Well, isn't that a powerful statement? Um, It can be that. And it can be that because... uh, we're not taking into account all kinds of things cognitively that not only do I think differently than you do because we're individuals, um, but that I have past experience that's different than your past experience and that we bring those things to the table. And I have fears and concerns and doubts that aren't yours. So um, if I don't have a means of communicating what I need and what I want, um, and I don't have a means of understanding that you're thinking something different, or I don't have the ability to take in what you're saying in a way that is understandable to me, then we're going to be at loggerheads, right? So a really important point, th- throat punch, um, and, and something that we can all work on because communication skills and recognizing, but see this, this is where we get into a sticky wicket because we go, oh, we need to teach individuals with autism how to communicate better okay, well, maybe that's a part of the equation, but what about the other side of the equation? What about those of us who aren't on the autism spectrum learning to better recognize cues that are being given to us by individuals who are neurodivergent? Isn't that just as important? And I think it is. I'm, I'm going to be in that camp. Uh, that, that it's the old Partridge Family song, I'll meet you halfway, right? And as a parent, I want to do more than that. I want to go the extra mile. Uh, and I want to be a 5,000 hour expert on that. Uh, that's a worthwhile thing. Okay. So that's our topic for today. So I want to jump in to, um, talking about our toys. Um, and in particular today we're focusing on our arts and craft and motor toys. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a little bit of a love letter to Ann Williams. And I'm just not even going to apologize for that because Ann Williams is a great company making great, great, toys and projects and um, crafts that are great for our kids. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys. I love to craft. I find craft, crafting to be a, a great um, stress reliever. I think it's also one of the best educational tools. If you go into any really good top-notch uh, school, uh, whether it's kindergarten, preschool, um you know, elementary, um, you will see now teachers that aren't just teaching one subject at a time. They're teaching subjects and creating a web where, you know, they might be covering a book uh, in in class, but there's a historical element to it so that it interweaves with um, their history class so that they're putting it together so that they can look at concepts from every which way. Um, But they will also put in some element that's experiential, which often will include a craft. 
And you might be thinking to yourself, well, this isn't real world because we don't do this in real world. And I say to you, poppycock, um, <laughs> we absolutely do this in real world. I don't know what business you're in, but if you haven't had to put together a PowerPoint anytime recently, uh, you know, you've had to do something, put together a report, uh, make a slide for something. It's all arts and crafts projects, my friends. Uh, oh, Gaza, I'm so happy that you're watching from Algeria. I'm so happy that you're here. So in any case, I think that arts and crafts, why? Why do we do a PowerPoint instead of just sitting and talking? Um, because people get excited and, and people respond and, and, and you need to have visuals and things to change up. So instead of just looking at my, my face, Trayman's got graphics for you for the toys because that will make it more visually exciting for you and we can learn more because I can talk about a toy, but don't you prefer to see it? So I'm supposed to have in my hands this first toy. Um, it's a book and it is, uh, we're, we're starting by talking about our arts and crafts winners. And this is the best arts and crafts winner from the baby and toddler category. And I can't find it. Um, I have it. I have one and it's the best, most wonderful thing comes to us from Mud Puppy who make great toys, you guys. Um, this is the cleverest thing ever. And we have it featured in one of our videos. I'm going to find it and show it to you in a, in a subsequent show. But this is a bath book. How amazing is this? So uh, I don't know about you, but when my son was a baby toddler, bath time was a great educational time. It's a time when, because our kids are little, there is no time to leave focus. You are 100% one-on-one with your kiddo. You cannot walk away, right, from your baby toddler. So we don't want it to be quiet time. We want all kinds of sensory input. Um, it should be a happy, wonderful time in the bathtub, right? Not overwhelming. You don't want to have so many toys that there's toys and a, a tablespoon of water and the kid isn't actually getting washed, right? But it is a great educational time. And I think it's a great time to be working on arts and crafts. And you probably have done what I did, which is have all those bath soaps that, you know, we used to decorate that shower and have bath paint everywhere. And it was a nightmare to clean up. And the foam that would make the different colors, you know, a nightmare to clean up. They would say it cleaned up and you could shower it down. It didn't. Um, so I super love this bath book because it's, it's totally water safe. You take it in the bathtub with you. It's, it feels like a puffy book, right? Beautiful colors, but each um, page that you go to the, the paper, I don't know, it's some kind of magic thing and it's not paper, it's plastic, but it's treated so that if it gets wet, it adds color. I know. Stop. It's just so fabulous. So you take the bath book in um, with baby and they, they dip it in. You can dip the whole book in and then look at the, the colors and the pages and, and, and talk about the animals and what colors they are. Or you can dip your finger in the water and paint, but there's no cleanup. And it doesn't go away. As the book dries, the color goes away and you reuse it a million times. So I love that we're learning about animals in the ocean with this, but I super love the arts and crafts element to it that we're introducing um, arts and crafts and color without the mess. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be using in the bath. I'm looking at Tahima is watching from the UAE. Welcome. 
I'm pretty much excited to learn about this amazing topic. Always would highly appreciate if you can spare a few seconds on enlightening, lightning on integrations. Much, much, much love. Tell me what you mean by integrations so that I know what you're talking about because we'll, we'll spare some time for that. Okay, our next arts and craft uh, is, uh, comes to us from Lakeshore. Lakeshore is a really reputable company um, that does educational supplies and toys and items. Go to a Lakeshore store, you'll lose your mind because there's just so much to want to look at. And as a former teacher, uh, I love me a good Lakeshore store. You can also order things online. So there, the our preschool arts and crafts winner is a build a fort. Again, there like there were so many things we could have chosen from, but I was trying to keep things down to a mess because you're spending so much time at home right now with the weather and with COVID. So building a fort is a really great things for, thing for kids to do. But when you have taken the dining room table and the chairs and the blankets, you get to a point where it's like, okay, we've done all we can do, right? I love this ultimate fort builder because it, it's going to take everything you would learn from Legos and put it on steroids, right? Um, all you need to do is add some sheets or blankets to this. You can, you see the structure that they've built here, but think about all the things you could do. It's kind of like a giant Lego, uh, not Lego. Um, what's what I'm trying to think what the, can't think of what the oldie but goodie toy is that um, where you would put the sticks into the little wooden things. If anybody can remember what that is, tell me because uh, I'm having an, a senior moment. But it's so it's these balls and you've got these rods and you stick the rods into the ball and you can do them on either end and you can create absolutely anything. They give you some ideas. Um, so, cause it's important to learn how to build and then you cover it with the blankets and it's really fabulous. You're going to be working on fine motor and gross motor skills as you do this, but you're really working on building skills as well. And it's great because it allows for flexibility of thinking, uh, object impermanence. It's a really great, well-made toy. So get that from Lakeshore. It's available in the toy guide. All right. I promised that it was going to be in Ann Williams' love letter, and it pretty much is from here. So our school-aged uh, winner is right here on the shelf here, and this is an artist box. Now, you could just go to a store and get a bunch of art supplies, and you could you know, sit down with your kiddos and just have them draw, just have them paint, just do whatever. Um, and, and if that works for your kiddo, fantastic. You're going to go, you're going to spend a bunch of money on art supplies, and you're going to find that your kiddo is only going to use some of them. And then, you know, then the other art supplies are around forever. I really love this artist box because what it is, it's a self-contained kit and it's a challenge box. So it's got seven challenges in here and it's got all the things that you need to be able to do the challenges right in the box. So one cost, no waste. Um, at the end of it, there's so many different things uh, on the back. It shows some of the different projects that your kiddos will make. Um, they're little cards and each one has a challenge. So for instance, it says create a mobile. What shape will your mobile take? Will it be colorful, abstract, traditional, whimsical? How will you attach things? How big will you make it? How will you balance it? So it, it, it's like each card has a little art lesson on it, but then there are the supplies there. If you don't have the time to go create an art curriculum for your kiddo, but you want them to be working on flexibility, you want them to have 
be building leisure skills that will help them with stress later on in their life. This is a great, great thing. And it comes to us from Ann Williams, as do a lot of the rest of our winners. So amazing price point. You, you can't buy a box of pom-poms for what this will cost you and they'll super love it. Okay. Moving on. Also Ann Williams going into um, this, this was the school age going into the teen and tween. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how much I love this. And I showed this to Dr. Grand Pichet's adult daughters. And I, I honestly, they drooled all over this. And they were like, we would have loved this when we were teenagers. And then they both looked at each other and said, "What? who are we kidding? We love this now. Um, so this is a scratch and sticker journal. Perfect for any tween or teen in your uh, life. And a lot of people are going to go, oh, I think it's a girl thing. I don't think so. This is a self-esteem builder and boys would like this too. So don't, don't get all sexist on me. I've got a, so I've got a journal here and I've got pages and pages upon stickers. All kids love stickers. Um, and these are super fun. They don't have to use all of them. I love that about Ann Williams projects is that they give you more than you could possibly need. They're so generous when they give us this first page here. It says all about me and it's a place for them answer as much or as little as they'd like to about their favorite colors. Talk about that cognition thing. The more I understand about myself, the more I'm able to be open to understand things about other people. Um, but each page has a different activity and some of them are scratch off activities. So it has this treated paper where there's a stylus that comes with it and they can draw on the page and it scratches away like a, like a scratch off lottery ticket. Um, and this is, this is where they're going to doodle each day. I just love this. I can't even tell you. Um, there's a mood tracker for any of you who've been doing bullet journals. It's like that, but it's accessible for a teen and it's got this scratch off element that is super fun. My future self categories. Oh my goodness. Working on self-esteem. You're also working on fine motor with the stylus, um, but it gives you all the instructions. Really. I just love this so much. Um, if you want a really low cost, wonderful um, activity book to be able to give any tweener teen, um, this is it. Uh, star fortune, ask the stars a question, scratch the one off and that uh, calls to you and it will reveal your answer. I really super love this. It's just filled page after page after page of things where they get to scratch off and check in with themselves about what do they think? What do they feel? And they can use the stickers to make it very uniquely theirs. Can't go wrong with a scratch and sticker book. Okay. Also from Ann Williams is our adult winner. Um, and I, I super love this. So this is, this is called a craft crush from Ann Williams. Again, it's a kit and it comes self-contained. You get the whole box with everything in it to make all three of these bowls. Um, it's an easy craft to be able to do, um, where they, um, are gluing discs of paper together that, uh, over another bowl so that when, um, when it's done, they end up having three bowls that they can gift to someone else or that they can use for themselves. It's about choosing your color choices. It's about fine motor. It's about executive planning, you know, so that the, the paper overlaps enough so that it's sturdy. Um, and it's a, 
it's a cute, cute craft. So we super love this for adults. Uh, we think that the adults in, um, in your life that are on the spectrum would enjoy this craft. And then our last uh, arts and crafts comes to us from Masterpieces, Inc. They are typically a puzzle company, but they have some amazing crafts as well. So Masterpieces, Inc. For our caregivers, we thought that this was a super cute because I don't know about you, especially when my son was in early intensive behavioral intervention, I wanted to craft so bad. It was like, you know, my heart would call to craft, but I just didn't have time and I didn't want a big cleanup, right? Um, so um, I love a self-contained craft that even comes with a paint that I don't have to go look. And I love it to be something that adds to my home that I can put on display. This is a wonderful nutcracker that they have great for the holidays where, and it has so many choices. They give you a little guide thing and says, you know, you might want to decorate it this way, but you can choose. They give you all the paints, all the little, you know, many, many different choices uh, of, of how you can decorate it. But at the end, what it really is, is a countdown to Christmas. It comes with uh, the little blocks that you can rearrange to have the day. So not only is it a craft for you to do, which will help de-stress you, but it's a great gift then to be able to give to your family that, oh, this sits up on the mantle and that every day we change the, the numbers on it and have your kiddos change the numbers so that they're keying into the fact that, you know, it's, we're this many days away from Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas, whatever you choose. Because nutcrackers, I think we tend to associate them with Christmas, but the fact of the matter is nutcracker is is not uh, Christmas solely. So, um, I love that about it. Love, love, love this craft from Masterpieces Inc. Okay. Moving on now to our motor. We're doing good on time. Uh, but motor skills are things that are about having us use our, uh, it's gross motor. So we have fine motor, which that's a little bit involved here, but also gross motor. So being able to do things, finger skills, but using the big muscles in our body, these are the kinds of things that you work on with OTs. And there's, there's that big six that they always talk about, how you have to be able to push, you have to be able to pull, you have to be able to turn. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the other ones are, but, but like eventually you need to be able to open a water bottle. And if you are a kiddo who does not have the motor skills to be open a water bottle, it's going to affect how you are in life, right? So we want to be working on these things in a fun and easy way. So let's start off with our baby and toddler motor play toy winner. How can you encourage motor play in a baby? Well, baby Einstein, come on. We know that they do this well. They've got a four-in-one kick and tunes music and language discovery activity gym. Um, we didn't have these when I was a kid, right? And we barely had these when my son was a kid, but this one is off the chart. It comes apart so that you can keep using it. It grows with the child. Um, there's a keyboard on it that you can see the child in the de demonstration eventually is walking around holding the keyboard. So I, because I hate a toy that just is good for a couple of months and then that's it. And it, what do you do with it? Right. Um, so we love this um, for, for back and tummy time. Uh, there's so many visual different things going on in this uh, and you can pare it down so that it isn't overwhelming, but they're showing you all the different aspects to it. Uh, this is a great gift. If you know somebody who is having a baby toddler, this is a great way. What I especially loved about this is that when they are on their back, they have the ability to kick that piano 
and you can have a kiddo kicking away because those are those are good um, muscle 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 activities for them, uh, and it comes with a reinforcer. They kick the piano; it becomes cause and effect. So love, love, love some baby Einstein, right? Uh, our next one is our preschool winner, and it's a game that comes to us from Trunk Works. It's called Wiggle and Giggle, and this is a great uh, one of an early game to play with with kiddos where there are cards and they will have the activity. You can see even on the box, it's showing, you know, move like an inchworm or leap like a frog or crawl like a crab. Uh, Great, great little game. Great thing to take for the holidays. If you're going to visit somebody else's house and you're like, Ugh, what are we going to do? I don't want to pack all the toys, Uh, you know, pack wiggle and giggle. And we always talk about how you have to wiggle your yayas out. Uh, I am a former teacher and, you know, you can tell when you're, when your kiddos, they're like, ah, we gotta, we gotta wiggle the yayas out and getting them up and moving is a great way to work on self-regulation. So love this from Trunk Works, very inexpensive, great stocking stuffer. Moving on from our school category, we absolutely, over the years, we have loved Endless Games, in particular, Brian Turtle from Endless Games usually comes on the show with a a crazy ugly sweater or or a really crazy suit that I don't think he'd appreciate me calling it an ugly suit, but you know what I mean? Christmas over the top. Uh, but so Endless Games, one of our winners this year in the school category for the motor play is their obstacle course in a box. All right, you guys, how much have I been saying through the pandemic how, you know, make your living room, make your front yard, make your backyard, make, you know, your playroom or the bedroom an obstacle course. Tear it apart, you know, put put things here, have the, have your kiddos change it every day. And what, what Endless Games did was say, we're going to make it easier for you. And so they took a lot of different um, things that you could use for an obstacle course and put them in a box to be added to what you already have, including a stopwatch so that we can time people. Um, But they give you tons of suggestions as only uh, endless games can do in the box. It's the perfect thing to get your kids moving and you need to get them moving. You, You know, if kids don't move their body, then things fester. They get out of sorts. Don't let that happen. Make them move. Uh, okay. Uh, and for teens and tweens, it's harder than ever to get them to move, right? They get into patterns and they don't want to do things. So, um, there's a, there's a thing on the market right now that are wobble boards and some of them are really expensive and come with video games to try to stabilize yourself. We really love this. Yes. For all very good price point wobble board. You can stand on it. You can put your hands on it and do a plank on it. You can do lots of different things on it. You could, if you're careful, you can get on it and dance, right? But what it does is it wobbles. Why is that good for movement? Because it forces you. You have no choice but to engage your core. So if you've got kiddos that can't sit up on their own, that have to have help to sit up because, you know, maybe when other kids were doing things that that created those core muscles, our kids were getting extra therapy, right? Sometimes it's really hard to work on these things, but just like it's why we send kiddos for equestrian therapy, because you're sitting on a horse. If you don't sit up and engage your core, you fall off. 
right? That's one of the reasons, besides the fact that horses are fabulous, um, why equestrian therapy is really good for our kids because it engages the core. Well, if you don't have a horse therapy available to you, this is a great um, thing to have in your home, a wobble board. I encourage everybody in the family to get on it and spend a little time on it. If your kiddo is really wanting to watch television, get them on the wobble board while they're watching the television and say to them, okay, I'm going to time you. Uh, let's, you, you got 10 minutes to watch the show. How much of it can you stay on the wobble board? Obviously make sure that there aren't things that are harmful around because they'll, they'll teeter and sometimes fall off of it. So keep the area clean around them. But this is a great, great thing for our teens and tweens. And then for our adults, when we want to continue to work on engaging the core, a lot of times people will recommend getting a balance ball. Okay, well, that's great. If you already have motor skills um, and you already have core skills, you can sit and balance on um, a balance ball. The problem is, is that if you're working on it, what ends up happening is you roll off the ball. Um, so the intermediate is, uh, this Gaim balance ball chair. It puts the balance ball on the chair. This you guys helps with focus. If you've got a kiddo that's having a hard time focusing, try one of these. There is sensory input that comes in that causes these corrections in the core that help our kids to focus. You would think it's the exact opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, now in addition to living, listening to the math teacher, they have to balance their core. I don't understand it either, but we know from studies that it actually helps focus them up. Um, so this is great. It's it, The ball can come out of the chair, but it stabilizes the ball so that your kid isn't rolling away. Because if you don't, it becomes an escape thing where they go, oh, I don't understand the math problem. So I let the ball go and I roll away and I go, oh, and now I have to take all this time to get back in and I got a break. Right? Let's not do that. Let's do the guy in balance, balance ball. That's for adults. And then for caregivers, uh, what we suggested is that you dance. We want you to dance it out. Uh, and I, I uh, think that uh, that's a great thing to do for stress. And you got to have music. So we're recommending uh, that for caregivers, you get a Spotify gift card so that they can play their jam. And everybody's jam is different. But if you have the opportunity, everybody's got a song that they, from their past that they hear and you can't sit still like you, you're forced to dance. I, I talk about this endlessly that right before the pandemic hit, we went to a Valentine's day party at the Ed Asner family center and they, it was a dance and they had a DJ who was great. And uh, all the moms got up and lost their minds. We danced and until each one of us thought we were going to have to have call an ambulance because we were so out of breath. But we were so happy and joyous and to be moving your body in that way with joy, it is a great thing for self-regulation. So I'm, if you're having stress, you know, on Grey's Anatomy, something happens, they go, ah, we're going to have to dance it out. I'm going to ask all of you, if you've got something going on, dance it out. And you know what? Include your kiddos. We used to do that with my son every day when we would come to the end of the day and my husband would come home from work and I'd have been working, but listening to therapy and my son was in therapy and now we got to shift gears and it just felt so unkind. Like, how are we supposed to shift gears? I would still be thinking about the project that I was working on. My son would still be thinking about therapy. My husband would still be working. Work at work mentally. And so we would put on one song 
one song and dance it out. A minute and 30 seconds worth of dance. And then we would, and it's amazing how much it helped us with the transition. Uh, helped so much. So those are our recommendations. Now, um, what, tell us, I, I didn't hear back from you about, um, it, forgive my dog, uh, Tahima, I didn't hear back from you about integrations and we're, we got six minutes. So if you, if you'll write in to me, I'd love to talk about that. Um, but while I'm waiting to hear back from you, uh, I want to talk about speech and attention. So one of the things that we talk about with attention is that everybody has an attention span, but you have an attention span with an asterisk because if, uh, you know, let's say that you love, uh, Michael Buble was just on, so I'm going to choose him. Uh, let's say you love Michael Buble. And so your attention span for Michael Buble is probably vastly different than it is for somebody who's lecturing you about road safety. Maybe, all, although maybe you're somebody who really wants to learn about road safety because you want to get your license, right? So some of attention is motivated by what your desires are. So when we're working on attention, we want to make sure that we're working on it in two different categories. Somebody's ability to be able to attend to things that are interesting or preferred activities and somebody's ability to attend to things that are not preferred activities. And, and that you want to do both. I think a lot of times people will say, um, well, you know, he's, he's able to play his video game for hours, so he has good attention. But it's a very different skill to be able to attend to something that you're bored. When you're attending to something that you really, really like, you're automatically being engaged. Now, could you, do you burn out? Yes. So we still want to work on the length of time that you can attend and we want to do that compassionately. So we don't start, you know, I remember when my son was little and at one point we went to an IEP meeting and they were saying that they wanted him to be able to attend for to circle time for an hour. I think he was in kindergarten and that was the goal. And, and I was like, on what planet? That's not kind. That's not realistic. That's not even something you would expect for kids who don't have a diagnosis on the spectrum, right? So we got to start with someplace reasonable. And usually that starts with taking a, ba a baseline. Like how much can they attend? What Like when they're playing a video game, or if that's the thing that they're into, I don't want to assume, but what's, what's the thing that they love? Is there a TV show that they love or a book that they love or a toy that they like to play with? If it's their favorite thing, how long can they attend to it? And do, and take that baseline with no judgment. If it's four seconds, then that's where we start because four seconds can become five seconds, which can become five minutes, which can become 50 minutes, right? Um, over time and when it's appropriate. We always want to be staying in the window of what's appropriate. But how how we build attention, it's a lot like building any skill and, and building a muscle, right? Is that we're going to give lots of opportunity and we're going to give lots of reinforcer for it. So if, if what we want, if your baseline of how much you can pay attention to a preferred activity is four minutes and your pr preferred activity is, let's say it's a certain classification of toy. Let's say that it's a handheld video game, right? So um, we would give you the opportunity to do it. 
and we will reward you if you could do it incrementally more. And so if we're going with our supposition that it's four minutes that they're able to do, uh, video games already sort of build this in, that they give a reinforcer every so often to get you to stay. It's one of the reasons why our kids love it. Um, but we can also build one in separately and we, and we can reward them for being able to stick with something they like. Now, this is confusing to our kids. They're like, I was liking it and you're, re you're rewarding me for doing something that I already liked. Yes, because that's called getting good compliance. If I teach you that this is a safe space and that I care about you and I give you a reinforcer for doing something that you want, then we are going to have a much better rapport and a much better understanding of how this world works. Um, so it's perfectly okay to give a reinforcer for something that they already want to do. And kids key into this pretty quickly. The first time they'll be like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, uh, but then they're like, oh, okay. I like, I like this. This is, this is good for me, right? It's fair. Uh, and they super like that. It's not, a, it's not just fair. It's reinforcing. So you do that with the preferred activity and you gradually increase the time. And you, in the beginning, you might increase the reinforcer as well. So you know, they did five minutes and you're like, dude, five minutes, you know, give me five. And, and maybe that affords them, I don't know, more time to do something else that they like. But at the same time, you're going to go in and get a baseline on what the things are that you wish they would pay more attention to that they're not. So maybe it's spelling. Again, I'm just making it up. Uh, but you really want them to be able to have the ability to focus longer on the spelling. First of all, we have to ask is what we're asking reasonable for their age. Does this child have an understanding of spelling and letters? Can they spell? Or do we need to go back and teach something beforehand? But if, if they're at the place where it's appropriate for them to be working on spelling, um, and what school says is that they need to work on 30 words, well, we're not going to do that. We take the baseline and we see that after three, you know, they're done. All right. No judgment. That's the baseline. So we're going to make working on three spelling words at a time as fun as possible. And we're going to reinforce them when they're willing to work on three. And we're slowly going to push to get the fourth one. And if we can get to the fourth one, we're going to reinforce that heavily. Like, you know, whatever it is. For my son, we used to, he loves those seaweed snacks, or he used to. And so we would do this crazy thing when we would do the spelling words. We would never try to do all 30, but we would do this crazy thing where uh, we would say the word, he would spell it. And if he got it right, we would do this song. And be silly and move and be silly, which would keep him engaged, right? So he's getting a reinforcer for every single one. And we would give him one seaweed snack. They're skinny little thin uh, things. They taste like they've been dipped in a fish tank. It's not everybody's thing, but he loved it. Uh, so he would get one little skinny, you know, so I, I would be singing the song, dancing the song while handing him the fish thing. So I'm keeping him engaged. She's like, oh, I'm going to get the next one because I want another seaweed snack. They're very salty. They're like potato chips. So you want another one. Um, and so then we would do the other one. So, but you got to know when you're pushing it. Right. And we don't want to get the sodium so high that they're, you know, they're high blood pressure. So in the beginning, I might just do four at a time. And then we take a break and we go do something else. And then we come back and go, it's time. Make it fun. It's time. We're going to do four more words. And um, 
and then we do the next four. Now that's for a kid who likes big excitement and silliness and whatever. Um, you know, for your kiddo, it might be that they want to earn a marble to run down the, the marble run, right? But we make it fun. And so we build that muscle by making it fun. You could do four, now you can do five. And eventually you'll find that you're doing 10 and then it's just a hop, skip and a jump until you're doing the 30. So um, this is why the toys are so important to me because if we make it fun, then our kids will hang longer and they'll want to do better. And if we give them a reinforcer, when they get it right, then they wanna get it right. And it feels safe and fair. Traven tells me we're out of time and Traven is the boss. So uh, I thank you all so much for being here. It is such a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. We are back tomorrow and tomorrow I'm joined by Nancy Allspaw Jackson. And we're going to be talking more about uh, in the news in particular um, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that new commission, um, trying to get that designation of profound autism. Uh, we'll also be, uh, uh, having Vince Redmond, a licensed marriage and family therapist joining us. If you have questions for him and together, the three of us are going to reveal the parent recommended toys that are in the toy guide this year. Uh, so st- stay tuned for that. And then we are back all next week with more of the the toy guide plus some extra programming as well. Write in and tell us what you need. You can always write to me at Shannon at autism-live.com. But go check out the toy guide. It is a read. And we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.